Typo Negative. Part 2. The next day she fed me sausage, eggs, and homemade rye toast. The sausage was amazing. Flame broiled, snappy skin with meat like cured lammy bacon. She straddled me on the pleather and chrome kitchen chair, tucked my head into her bosom and ran her fingers along my spine and lats. What are you doing? Just sit tight and chill. Why you gotta be so intense all the time? Relax, damn. I exhaled hard into her cleavage, then took in a long drag. See? What's all that? Ain't it nice right there? Ain't it? Hmm. Yeah, I know it is. Tanisha stopped and ran back over a spot. Eh. Now don't move. Hold on. My hands fell off her waist and palmed her ass. You gonna feel a little pinch? Fuck. I pushed her off and stood up rubbing my spine. <laughs> she sat on the floor with the needle nose pliers in her hand. In its teeth were a strand of metal about the length of a toothpick and a quarter inch wide. They won't be able to trace you now. Dipping the strip in a small pan of hot oil she had going on the stove. Little pinch. Shit. You're welcome. Tanisha loved to cook and baby me back to health. I drew a lot while she was at work, illustrating with impoverished colors, using wine, old coffee, and ground spices off the rack. I experimented with elementals and herbs. In public records, I looked up the old office building and where it was located now. I printed out the plans for the complex and mapped out all the exits and underground tunnels. We played house for about a week till I was strong enough to let nature take its course. Even then, I acquiesced and made it a slow, deep undertaking. Inside of her love was like an all-body high, warm waves keeping me afloat, then sinking me to the ocean's floor where soft silk danced in sunlight. Tanisha was prone to quivering orgasms and would leave my body forgetting to breathe until she came down laughing and reminded me, get some air in between you and this one, brother. Get some air. You love every inch of this good thing, don't you? Trying to. If people would keep their big mouths shut. Oh, now you want it shut. We laughed a lot, a <laughs> bit too much, and it haunted me sometimes. There was a knock at the door. I tensed up, pulled on some pants ready for a fight. I'd gained ten pounds of muscle and felt the youthful power raging inside. It was just some old fling. Tanisha calmly sent him away, cursing under his breath. What was I doing here? All cuffed in and happy. What happened to your internal combustion, Ray? Shit was all wrong. I had to get to the bottom of this. Thick chicks from out of the blue won't get you any understanding. It's the frickin' serpent again. You're getting soft, Ray. You're getting soft. I swear on everything. That dude was just a guy from an app. We messed around one time. And I think he's married anyway. It was nothing. Don't be showing up at my house months later. What's wrong with people? I'm so sorry about that. It's cool. 
I knew you were going to say that, but I don't want to be some drama causing complications to your weird thing already, and... Don't say it. Well, I know how I feel. We're good together. I mean, don't you think? Don't you say it, damn it. Looking into our eyes, I willed the words out of our mind. Yeah, sit down. Relax, I'll get you a drink. Hatching a getaway plan at the dish rack, I grabbed two glasses. Hey, I want to get some things from the house. I need to borrow your whip. You want me to ride you to work in the morning? I'll pick you up later. What you think about that? That's cool. What else was she going to say then? In the early morning hours after we'd made up a few times over, a thin layer of incense smoke leveled off at couch height. Tanisha's arm hung off the bed holding a joint. Ray, I know you You sleep so light. Baby, you're going to leave all that chemical capital shit alone, right? I can't. I took the joint. But we're happy here. Why are you going to go stir up trouble? Please, let's just... And she stopped. She rethought and let it go. I admired her instincts and somewhere inside, I was scared for myself. The next morning, the home was filled with omniscient jazz and light rain. We got ready in silence both holding gentle and sweet to the last minutes of peace before we left. The Chemical Capital Railways building was a beautiful amber-aged monolith of columns and gargoyles. On Thursdays, I would come down here, feed the meter, and wait for the checks to come in from payroll. Staring up at the Terry Gilliam-styled architecture, I would get lost in its stoic immensity. Inside, the lobby was a grand affair of the likes of Central Station. Mosaic zodiac constellations were rendered on the skyscraping high dome ceiling. Old wooden glass telephone booths lined the far wall. Archways led from the central hall toward exiting train tunnels. One of the childlike wooden drones and scrubs approached. Little enhanced robotic puppets carved from hard woods. Mr. Hendricks, right this way, sir. Have you come for a donation? Sure have. The guards looked on from their post up against the columns. These tree-sized humanoid drones blended into the marble. They now hissed steam and heaved like running machinery is wont to do. Seven feet tall, covered in armored bark. The guards were all carved with similar blank faces. Overhead, a huge animatronic ticker-style board flickered with train destinations on it. I read the destination and saw that track nine led to the production plant. Production plant? Producing what? The chubby wooden girl in indigo scrubs ushered me to a booth along the wall. I sat, lay my arm on the donation block, and slipped my wrist into the sleeve. Make a fist, please. Let me see what we have here. Oh yes, good veins, good veins. Please. It turned to read the gauge and I felt a prick. Blood flowed out, filling the tube, spiraling down into a jar. She filled two eight ounce jars and handed me some orange juice. The extra sweet kind of small can you get on a flight. The doll nurse opened her chest plate and put the jar in. I shoved in the bronze knuckles sideways, blocking the jar. I intercepted the second jar. She grabbed my wrist. I let the jar drop into my other hand and swung it behind my back. 
The glass was warm and thick and heavy with the weight of my own blood, my own heat, my life. She struck down on my forearm, smiling as her hard child fist hammered. She latched on and yanked down with both wooden hands. I felt a sudden pop, and my frame rattled as my arm came unglued from its socket. I roared out, baring teeth. I put the jar in a vest pocket and punched the bot in its face. I came around to put it in a yoke hold, punching it in the back of its head with my bronze knuckles. The head split open along the wood grain. It dropped, sounding like a bag of baseball bats on the granite. I stood there with the jar in my good hand and my other hand swinging freely. My shoulder felt like it had been run over by a steamroller. The giant guards rushed toward us, but when I held up the jar, they stopped. Take one more step. Take one more step. I shook the jar, repulsed at the thickness. Please, Mr. Hendricks. That donation is important to us. Please, let's be reasonable here. Mr. Hendricks. A new puppet slowly walked up to me with its hands in mock surrender. Are you in need of assistance, Mr. Hendricks? No, I'm fine. The arm dangled loosely as I turned, flaring out like those fringes the girls wore. I turned to see her getting off the elevator. She had spread a little thicker, our ages matching now, in a peach suit and that halo of an afro glowing like a mosaic Madonna. It was Vanessa Clark. You! I told you I didn't want no damn package. I want to see this paperwork I signed. This fraudulent ass contract. Paperwork? All that paperwork was destroyed years ago. First of all, please, calm down, Mr. Hendricks. So no records, then? Silence, save for the echo heels approaching. Up above, shadowed silhouettes of men looked down from a glass perch. A walled-in metal frame overpass that was 50 feet above the grand room. Stop right there. Quiet. Something's coming. Clark stopped and the rest of the scene also became still. The building trembled for a few beats as a train ran beneath us, southbound by the feel of it. I placed the bottom of the jar on a pillar and listened through the blood. Ray, what are you doing? Be reasonable here. Let's talk about this. We can't send you back. We have to just move forward now. No! No! I want my life back! One out of this company, this job, this contract, this owing you shit. I set the jar down and made a motion like I would kick it. I leaned the bad shoulder on the column, grabbed my wrist, and pushed the arm up as I mashed the shoulder into the beam. It popped back with a crunch. Shit. Damn it. Motherfucker. I took a knee. Then I picked up the jar and stood. Ray. Really? Your life is great right now. This place is everything. What more could you possibly want? Then what's the catch, huh? What's the deal with the donations? Why is everybody so blissed the fuck out all the time? All this peace and tranquility. I'm supposed to believe this shit is genuine? What catch? There's no conspiracy. There's no secret society or white supremacist Illuminati out to get you, Ray. The donations are to help our soldiers overseas. The infirm, the wounded, 
It's a voluntary civic duty. Bullshit, lady. Let's go, sugar. I grabbed her arm. You're with me. We backed away from the automatons toward the east tunnel. The guards moved in and I raised the jar. The elevator opened on more executives. I heard a second set of heels beating the floors. These blocky, staggered and unsure. I turned to see Tanisha strolling in. Even the drones looked confused. <clears throat> oh, Ray. Look at that. You've got a little girlfriend already. Shut it. Shut it or I'll bind it shut. Okay. Vanessa held up a palm and the guard stopped. It's okay. It's okay. He's not going to do anything. Mr. Hendricks and I are just going to talk in private. Where y'all going now? T, don't get mixed up in all this. Just go home. Ray, we'll get a lawyer. That's the way to handle this. Come on, Ray. Let's go. Please. Listen to her, Roy. Broad's got a little sense in her head. I can't just do nothing. Have you read this? The tiny little bullet points on the back of the credit card? This shit is like servitude. Clarky here knows the truth. And she's got it out. You better fucking believe it. Then let's do it together. Ah, This one's no good, honey. All he cares about is his art. I thought you wanted to be free, Ray. What's with this sexy chocolate here? Shut, Shut up! I squeezed down hard on Vanessa's wrist. Shit! You asshole! Oh, you are gonna get it. Yep, and you're gonna be the one to give it to me, sweetheart. Grabbing a fire axe from the wall, I tossed it to Tanisha and ushered Vanessa toward the track nine tunnels. Baby girl followed close behind. Please, Mr. Hendricks, don't do anything stupid. Too late for that. The slick tiled tunnel sloped downward, drumming footfalls, heavy breathing, my skull throbbing, and my shoulder still hurting like a bastard while I tried to remember the lay of the land. Shit, left the printouts on the boat. We pulled into an indentation in the tunnel wall. The old stairway door had been painted over dozens of times. Here! Tanisha handed me the axe, and she grabbed hold of Vanessa's wrist with two hands. All right! There was tugging and cursing, but okay. I was busy chopping at the paint-encrusted door bolt. Freed now, I jammed it home and pulled the creaky door back. A cool breeze and the smell of stale earth rushed at us. Tanisha dragged Vanessa in, and I closed the door behind us. It was pitch black. I dug a lighter from my pocket, flicked it on, and took a few seconds to look around. I dusted off a metal placard, read the map, and knew where to go. Listen, Ray. Seriously. Slow down, brother man. I have a daughter at home. She doesn't need this shit on her head. I doubt that. Selfish as you are. What are you going to do? Follow that train. Trolley. Whatever I heard. There's no trains down here. The whole city was flooded out long ago. Just keep walking. God, I hate you. Get in line, sister. You ain't the first woman to hate me. Maybe we should cut her loose and we can get out of here. You want to know about the blood, right, Ray? Ask your boo here. Yours is rare, dummy. You are a universal donor, and everyone wants a piece. Ain't that right, Coco Cakes? One more crack about my ass? And I'ma punch you right in that smart Walk. mouth. Let's go. Enough of all this fucking talking. How long have you known this girl, Roy? 
She's going to catch you sleeping, Roy. Tap one of those juicy veins in your arm. Hold up. I fumbled around a bit, found the square diamond-plated hatch, and whacked it with the axe handle. Dust rose, and the rusted metal plate loosened. I pulled up on the handle and slid the cover over. Let's go. Ah. I manhandled Vanessa while guiding her down the stairs. Stop! Get off! Just stop touching me. Well, fucking jump to it then. Six flights down on creaky, tilted iron ladders, and we were trackside. With Tanisha's help, I muscled over the aluminum quadricycle used during power outages and aligned it on the tracks. Tanisha dusted off a seat up front and sat, ready to pedal. Feel at home, don't you? Right where you belong, underground, like a troglodyte. <laughs> I sat down, set up the controls. Vanessa rolled her eyes, spit on my boot, and folded her arms. Listen, princess. It's either you pedal or stay down here for the sewage rats. I can't believe I defended you. She flopped down in the seat. This is kidnapping. You are such a jerk. <laughs> jerk. <laughs> we followed the service track, pedaling south. A train was up there somewhere. A moist breeze came back at us down the tunnel. Manufacturing. Manufacturing what? Looking over at Vanessa's pissy profile, I was reminded of the past. Here was that same stone-faced facade that sat on my couch 25 years earlier. At my house, arms folded in the same position, talking about... I like your work. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. Thank you. Did you have a live model? Who is this lady? Yeah, live model. I don't know. Some young warrior princess. She needs a name. Vanessa walked around the sculpture, touching the biceps, the back muscles, the thighs. Smooth. Sister looks serious. Got the baby on the hip here. Shows she struggles, but it's light work for her. Strong, but flexible, you know. Her name should be Ife. Yeah, Ife means love. Look at you. Yes, Ife. Love is the strongest force in the universe. Or do you not believe in love either? Do you know about love? Just enough, thank you. Shit, love is an invitation for chaos into your life. <laughs> I'll give you that. And yet. And yet and still. Why are you selling these? You should be a millionaire by now. You know, like Walker K. That guy fucking sucks. He's a one-trick pony. It's all the same black silhouetted scenes of slavery cartoons. And he gets the liberal nod every time. He's the real cartoon. Still, sometimes you gotta give the people what they want. If you played that game, you could be making bank. The people don't know what they want. They don't know what they want until other people tell them. Fuck the game. Fucking game. I don't need a lot of money. Don't need a lot of money? Why? What's wrong with you? I like his work. All his shit looks alike. That's his style. Why are you so... dissatisfied? Look, it's the job of an artist to be dissatisfied. To be critical. I could see right through him. Some of us ain't that easily fooled. Why can't you just enjoy it? You're right, though. I see what you mean. 
Maybe she had too much to drink, a contact high, or a lapse in judgment. But all that debating led her to punching me in the arm. She got in some good solid licks, enjoying the thrill. <laughs> Wrestling on the couch, more blows followed by restraining hands. Tangled, we dropped to the floor and kept going down the evolutionary chart. And God created women. The best thing he'd ever fucking done. And man should have been grateful, but still he wanted more. So he gave us another kind of woman. With blinders on, she rode hard, never looking back whipping the animal savagely. Only rounding the curve and cresting to the finish line did she open her eyes, slowing her pace to enjoy the coming victory. At the apex, it sparkled there, in her smile, in her tears. Vanessa revealed an internal truth just then. At least she gave me that. In the coming days, she never returned my phone calls or my letters and refused to talk when I showed up at the corporate building. You know, things aren't all bad. There's some real good here. People ain't starving. Crime is down. Way low. Shut up and pedal. Ray, can we talk like civilized people here? I'm trying to tell you something. Now you want to talk, huh? You didn't have shit to say to me 20 years ago. Where was all your compassion then? Why do I even bother? You're still a freaking Neanderthal. Tanisha looked back. And we both looked away from each other. An hour or so later, we'd arrived at the split. We stopped and I got off. From the right, cool air sat, still and dank. From the left side, warm air flowed, wafting in from behind. I pulled the lever and chose left, the upper tracks. Ten more minutes of pedaling brought us to the noise of running machinery and the ruckus of labor. The track ended and we walked toward the sound. We came up on a tier overlooking a hole in the earth. We were assaulted by sharp smells of onions, garlic, and seasonings cooking. I motioned the others to stay low and we crept up to the ledge. What is this place? Last stop on the line, but now it's a factory of some kind. Maybe a processing plant? Processing what? Lady. I just got here. Looks like some kind of food. Look at all these big, big-ass vats. From where we could see, through the steam clouds, the operation was large, with hundreds of workers down there. It was all lit up by huge round skylights. Through those, the white drizzling sky could be seen, clouds drifting by slowly. Industrial fans whined loudly above it all drawing the smoke out that billowed forth from the huge copper vats. A wild assortment of cylinders and coiled tubes covered the south wall. Clock-sized valves and gauges displayed temperature readings. Ingredients were being brought into the site in huge wooden barrels by the workers. They were the small wooden drone girls and the white paper jumpers. The three vats emptied their bounty into a mincer the size of a shipping container. Two poles with chopping paddles were blending a mulched beige substance with a bacon-smelling chunky gravy. The teeth on the shafts interlocked, churning it all up. What are they making? I don't know yet. The workers had backed in a dump truck and added a ton of flour into the mix, and all that churned in for a while. 
The third silo arm was idled over into position. Then a flood of red powder came down in thick clouds. A dust storm of crimson arose. The whole mixture thickened and turned an iron-rich burgundy color. Dry kidney beans? Moving down the line, a tomato-like puree substance emptied out into push bins. The workers pushed him to another workstation, where the other wooden child laborers sat in another contraption. Each worker hooked a tube on the edge of the bins and pumped a foot pedal that sucked the mix in, brought it through a sewing machine-like apparatus, and filled the nylon black casing. Maybe sausage, I think? Maybe that sausage you guys been feeding me? Why is this way down here, all hidden? The stuffed casing flowed on down the machinery's tables, through a ring that cut them into puffy links the size of a bread loaf. Those sections dropped onto a conveyor belt, where the other wooden hands arranged them on flat pans. They stacked the pans on seven-foot rolling speed racks and pushed them into an industrial oven nearby. On the other side of that, workers were putting them into printed plastic bags. A machine vacuum sealed them and dropped them into a hot water bath to shrink wrap them. At the end of the production line, boxes of the stuff were then loaded into a freight car. That's black sausage. I know that packaging. She's right. A swollen-bellied man waddled out to the forefront. He randomly selected a box and made a worker bring it over to the table. Quality control? DeWalt. It was my old foreman. A decade older and rounder. He split the loaf with a pocket knife, sliced off a chunk and tasted it. He nodded, waved them away, and the workers went back to it. Ah, shit. Shit, no. <coughs> what? What's, what's wrong? Ah, shit. Fuck. It's the black pudding. The black pudding is made from blood. That's what all that dark red stuff was. Dried blood. Blood from where? Where could they get that much from? From the damn donations. From the goddamn donations. Oh God, <gasps> no! It's our blood. That's why they did this to me. All cause of my blood. The old negative. The time when we gave blood for the drive through medical. That's when they got all of our information. And your consent. Shh, I knew this wasn't no heaven on earth shit. How long people been eating these sausages? I don't know. Like a decade now? Since the war amped up, maybe there's a shortage going on. Some supply chain shit. Oh, just like that. You figured it out, huh? Swear you know everything. Nope, just enough. I was already backpedaling out of there. We turned to run back to the quadricycle, but were greeted with a gleaming smile instead. Just can't stay away from each other, huh? Well, if it ain't Billy D. Williams. How's Cloud City, nigga? Enraged, he dropped his smile and rushed forward with a full bear hug and slammed me to the earth. We tussled, both trying to get leverage while entangled on the ground. Vanessa was gone like a breeze, sprinting back to the tracks. Tanisha was on Russell's back, pounding down on him. The blocky little legs came running in and started to multiply. Mr. Hendricks. Two turned into four, then six, then twelve, 
18, the hardwood limbs reached in separating us, pinning me to the floor. Russell's had Tanisha in a sleeper hold. You must comply. Say goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> he smirked and she passed Mr. out. Hendrix, then he let her drop to the ground hard. That you relax. I lost it then. A switch just flipped and I beasted out. Incoming. Destroying wooden drones, punching, kicking, rushing forward, Armor, dragging a dozen of them with me. Russell's backed up and tripped over Tanisha's limp body. Grabbing him by his throat, I squeezed and banged his head on the platform. Shoot! Bastard, you sold me out. You knew my blood type from the drive. Russell's was trying to plead his case, but I was choking the shit out of him. He mouthed an airless scream as veins bulged out of his neck and temples. I loosened my grip, my strength draining away. I let him go and tried to stand, but only slumped to the ground. You fucking sellout. Sold me out. Rolling on my back, I spotted the blue scrubs drone from before with a needle in her hand. Motherfuckers are gonna get away with this shit. That's the last thing I remember saying. The human nervous system is incapable of distinguishing between actual experience and the same experience imagined vividly in incomplete detail. I know how I feel. We're good together. I mean, we're happy here. If it seems too good to be true, they won't be able to trace you now. Still, sometimes you gotta give the people what they want. I said you gamble with your future and won. None is just food, man. Me? Giselle? Look at all this fun shit. Me, Russells, I'm your boy. You will nourish me. The future, baby. Love is the strongest force in the universe. Being a universal donor is an odd sensation. You're not quite alive, but not fully dead either. You're sedentary, but your mind wanders all over the world. I didn't think I could get far even if I was unshackled. I must be over 500 pounds now. I manage to think through the fog, sometimes. The injections keep you chill. Tubes up everywhere relieving you of excretions. A catheter is in. Tubes with a tap on them are sticking out of my arms and the back of my hands. They draw blood every day. I'm fed through clear tubes that go directly into my stomach. Some mauve mash spirals through, and some liquid sugar I don't even get to taste. Regurgitated breads and rare cheeses. I can't tell if it's been days, months, or years. Home. I could see this as my own brownstone. It's been turned into a microprocessing plant for the boudin noir, the black pudding. Come on, Mr. Hendricks. You're not doing so well. Swimming to the edge of consciousness, I tread lightly on the surface. What's real? That face? Vanessa? So young? 
It can't be. I'm not so far gone that I believe time travel is possible. Maybe I'm just reminiscing. These must be the grand old days of simpler forms of control, Ray. Hey, it's me. I'm here now. Wake up. I shake at her growl, then try to bite her. She smiled. Now you remember? Is it her, though? I'm certain of this. I mean, mostly. In lavender scrubs and a leather jacket. Clothes made no sense. This isn't Vanessa. Vanessa, I tried to say. But what came out was a low, hoarse... Slowly came the reveal of other sounds through the house. People groaning, the house settling, rain outside, talking. She lays her forearm on my chest and says, Sorry about this, buddy. Young Vanessa pulled the tube out of my mouth. After about a foot's length, the reticulated tubed ends burred on my bottom teeth. She sealed them off, then unscrewed the tubes in my hands. I leak and spill. Vanessa wraps them up fast, deftly tucking the ends up under like a field medic. Come on, we ain't got all day. Another nurse says. He's a big dude, polished, and super healthy like some bearded basketball star. He throws my arms over his shoulders and hoists me up over to a wheelchair. We're rolling now. I see other beds in the house, rows of them lined up in what used to be my living room. My sculptures are all gone. They've installed fluorescent lights. Institution lights. Harder on black skin than billy clubs. Now I'm really pissed. I try to get up, but I'm strapped in the chair. Bruh, cool the fuck out. Powell forward says, palming my chest. I'm in no shape to argue, so I just keep stewing. Inwardly. When I feel a little stronger, I'll make my move. With fresh air in me. Outside or in the ambulance. Before the foyer, beside my door is a security guard sitting at a desk. How's your night going? Vanessa says, bending to sign a logbook. Can't complain. Nobody gives a shit anyway. Shit, you got that right. Power forward daps elbows with him. And then we're outside. The rain falling on me feels so good. The wind blowing. The smell of the wet asphalt, the grime, the oil, the heat. I'm almost not mad at these two anymore. Grateful, even. They loaded me onto an ambulette ramp. See? Just like that. All by the book? No reason for them to suspect. Pops wasn't having it on the way out. You right, he's a fighter. What the hell is going on? Your freedom, old man. We just busted you out of there without a single shot fired or eyebrow raised. I came to get you out of this shit. And just who the fuck are you? It's me, Dad. It's me. It's Ife. Negative was recorded at Black Matter Music Studios. Sound designed by Blackfoot Uark. Our cast of characters includes the illustrious Mila Machenko as Tanisha, 
Search for and support her on all streaming platforms. Introducing Jenny Lynn Fleming as Vanessa. Part of Russell's is played by Damien Tariq McCaster. Our technician was Mr. Infinity, with additional vocals by Cynthia Uwap. Echo Negative contains portions of the track Cavern by Sad Noise. Our theme music was created by Faromanch for Trusted Decaphobia Music. There are a million ways you could have spent your valuable time. On behalf of the whole staff of the Dark Liquor Experiments, we'd like to thank you for listening. The Dark Liquor Experiments.